Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater, where you will hear information about your local government you didn't know you need to know straight from the source. Be sure to check out other news and information from the city of Stillwater at stillwater.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Fletcher, Director of Marketing and Civic Engagement. Today, my co-host is Assistant City Manager, Paula Dennison. Hey, Paula. What's up, Sherry? Well, as we were talking, uh, start of the school year, new, different yep. distance learning. Yes. Uh, Kind of crazy times for me. I don't know about you. It's not for me because mine is working on her master's degree two states away. Yeah, well, I've got one of those too. Um, but she still, still calls, calls you. That still calls me to take care of <laughs> of domestic things. Like, how am I supposed to fix the drain from Oklahoma when she's in Tempe? Well, it you just have to be so intuitive to what her needs are. Yeah. And you've already got it solved. You're yeah. a problem solver anyway. I am a problem solver. My advice was be an adult and take care of it yourself. <laughs> so anyway, that was my yesterday. But today, let's move into our FYI uh, podcast. And our guest is Greg Adams, uh, Transportation and Drainage Manager. And he's a first-time guest. Woo-hoo! Welcome, Greg. Yeah, thank you. Yay, thank Greg. You All right. Well, um, Paula, can you tell us some basic facts about what uh, Greg brings to the city of Stillwater? Sure. So as the transportation and drainage manager, um, Greg is in charge of the city's uh, primary projects for transportation expansion or enhancement. Right. Um, and then overseeing any of the drainage complaints and projects and whatnot that we have uh, from and there's the a drainage lot of standpoint. Those. And there is a lot. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at last year, the flooding we had, right. it really revealed a lot of issues. Because it was such a large amount volume of water. It was in such a short period of time. Yeah. And then it kept coming from oh, yeah. other areas outside the city. So, yeah. So, Greg's got uh, a great responsibility here with the city. But one of the um, things that is really impressive, and we've been able to get so much done during the COVID time uh, with other things not as active around town, is our pavement management program. And that is where we identify maintenance strategies for the streets that are in existing. Right. Whether it's Preventive maintenance, rehab, reconstruction, or deferred maintenance, we have condition assessment for the streets and then uh, what their needs are Mm -hmm. for that type of pavement management uh, to help extend their life instead of just going in and ripping up every single street all the way down to the dirt and rebuilding it because that's overly expensive. So Greg's going to walk us through the program and how it affects uh, Stillwater Streets. Yes. All right. So, Greg, um, you told me that you've listened to a podcast, so you know what's going next. Sure. We're going to begin with the lightning round, and we're going to ask you some random but revealing questions. Okay, sure. Are you ready? Sure. He's ready. All okay. right, Paula. Well, I get I get the pleasure of asking these, and usually, since this is your first time on a podcast, gonna easy on I'm going to be very kind to you, <laughs> because usually I make up my own questions she that you've does. never seen before. Yeah, we, we sort of say, yeah, here's some questions to choose from, but Paula goes off script every oh, time. Oh, yeah, totally. So I'll be nice to you, but you remember right. that for the next time. Okay. Because it good. will not be that way. Okay, out of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, which decade do you love the most and why? Hmm. Well, um, that's a fine question. That's assuming I was alive in the 60s, right? (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I was. You can still so. remember the 60s and not have been there. And Well, you can be alive and not remember the That's 60s. True. That's true. <laughs> the 60s are great. Yeah. Well, as, as, as you progress, I, I gained in the need to be responsible. So when you're younger, you don't have as much responsibility. So probably was better as it went further back. But uh-huh. yeah, no, it's... Um, all, all of them were good. I don't know. I, I can't pick one. I, I, I oh, enjoyed no, them that's all. Kind of, that's kind of cheating. <laughs> okay, so let's let's go with, did you have a mullet? Have you had a mullet? Mm-mm. No. So, okay, so that's not going to be that. Did like, you wear kick- platform shoes? Nope. Bell bottoms. Bell bottoms. Bell bottoms? Yep. Designed Tough, some my, uh, myself. Tough nut bell bottoms. Um, Maybe? I don't remember those. Uh-huh. Did your jeans have embroidered patches on them to cover all the holes and the rips? That's today real fashionable, by the way. Uh, I don't remember those. Nope. Oh, my. <clears throat> nope. Did you ride an inchworm? <laughs> <laughs> I might have done that, yes. I remember them anyway. <laughs> so are you pre uh, uh Mobile phones. Sure. Yeah. Okay, landlines yeah, well, and we had landlines, party yeah. lines. Uh, Did you nope, go back that, to party lines? Wasn't that old. <laughs> Didn't Not, have the party lines. Nope. Okay, what was mm-hmm. your favorite TV show? That'll oh, tell us everything. Oh, boy. Um, favorite TV show of Little all time? Little House on the Prairie or Okay, we're Gilligan's talking Island 70s. Yeah, we're talking 70s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 70s. Yeah. So you watch Gilligan Island in reruns after school? Yeah, probably did. Probably, yes. yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. like what kids watch today when they get home from school, though. Yep. Yep. There's no longer time frames. You can watch whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there is. Okay, one more. What is your absolute dream job? Hmm. Your boss is in here. No pressure. That's a fine question. Um, boy, I can think of a lot of things I enjoy doing. I, I like working with children. I don't know. I like uh, disadvantaged children, uh, mm-hmm. like overseas or something. Yeah. That would be like Costa Rica, maybe. Work uh-huh. with children like in, in nice Costa Rica nice. or something. Especially when there's nice beaches there. <laughs> right. That wouldn't hurt. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, I, could do, I could go into charity work with a nice beach. You are yeah. a beach person. I am. I Yeah, kind of a beach yeah. bum here. Yeah. So, uh, and I didn't get to go this year. All right. Well, let's jump into your real job. Sure. So, pavement management. Uh, so, the city's had a pavement management program for about five, six years. Longer, longer than, than that. that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, can you just tell us what is pavement management and what is your role in it? Okay. So, pavement management is like managing any asset. Our pavements are an asset to the city and it's our department's job to, to manage that and manage the condition of it and optimize the condition of it based on our available funding. And so it's it's really like any other asset. I mean, you spend money to improve, to maintain, like a, like a fleet of vehicles maybe. You, had a, you have some that are in very bad shape and, and should I rebuild the engine if it gets that bad of shape or should I just buy a new one? Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of equates to our some of our very bad streets. Do we try to do something to improve them, or is it time to just start over? And of course, starting over is is expensive. So yeah, it's more expensive. We try to avoid that. So we we start with the better condition streets, and we try to maintain those to last as long as we can. So sometimes you'll so people will say, well, why are you spending money on this street when this street over here is way worse? Well, we use a wide variety of, of techniques to keep the condition of the streets in as good as possible. So we maintain the good ones with little treatments as we go, so they'll last longer so we don't have to replace them. It's yeah, much more I've, cost effective. I've learned new words. 
Okay. Mill and overlay, crack and seal, mm -hmm. diamond These, grind. Diamond mm -hmm. grind. So mm -hmm. I've learned some things yeah. that I, yeah. I. So there's different techniques to take care of roads to expand their life. Right. So like the the crack and fills is to seal off the moisture. Uh, primarily, you get moisture down the subgrade and it starts softening the subgrade, and then then you start getting big failures when you get moisture in your in your subgrade. So crack and fill is a is a very effective. So that just keeps the water out? Mainly, yeah, primarily, yes. And diamond grinding, as, as Paula mentioned, is, is uh, kind of a technique for uh, concrete streets. We, we also seal the cracks as part of that, but we're getting ready to do our first one uh, that I'm aware of anyway, um, down on South Main and 32nd Avenue and a little bit on, on Western. Uh, starting next week even. So that's where we'll, we'll patch bad areas and then we'll, we'll just take a, a grinder and smooth the pavement off and it'll, it'll ride pretty close to new. And wow. Uh, and this is new. new. It's a new technique. It's new to the city. New it's not new water. to the industry. It's more used out on interstates and highways and so forth. Right. I, I, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. It's all around. It's out on the turnpike right now. There's a company out on the turnpike. They've done quite a bit down in Oklahoma city and, and, uh, we plan it. We're already planning our next project for next year for that one. So recently, anybody driving around town can see that there's a number of projects going on. Some of them are pretty big, like the overlay on Main Street. Mm -hmm. That was very, it got lots of attention um, because of how visual yes. it was. Yeah. Uh, another one, something as simple as the intersection at Main and McElroy, that work primarily working on Waterline also, and then the street work. And then the ADA truncated domes, the handicap ramps at Maine and Hall of Fame. So there's a lot of different type. Those are three really different types of work. Talk a little bit about those types of work okay. and how it's determined what type to apply. Sure. So the mill and overlays are, are very common for a pavement that's, oh, it's got a lot of oxidation where, where, where the surface is, is deteriorating and there's quite a few cracks but the pavement as a whole is still structurally sound. You want to preserve that surface and seal off those cracks. Those cracks will re reflect back through. So don't be disappointed in the smell and overlay if you see cracks in a, in a couple of years. It should take a little while, but you'll see the cracks again. But it still seals those off and minimizes those cracks. So you do that on a street that's still structurally sound, but just needs a new riding surface. And Maine was a prime candidate right. for that. It was riding rough. People were concerned. I mean, there's others and we've others planned, but that Main Street was a perfect example of what a mill and overlay is good for and it's right like riding on a cloud now it is it yeah is. The, it the, very the white good. lines are so beautiful <laughs> uh -huh. yeah yeah we we pay a lot of attention to the striping because that's, i did uh, that's I the noticed. last thing people see and if that's mm -hmm. bad then right but, but yeah, it does it's all like turned out i've good. got a new driver i my son's 15 and he's been driving and um before we turned on one road and it's like oh my god i can't see the line where's it's mm -hmm. like you know where it's supposed to be but it wasn't there and then we drove down main and he goes oh this is so much easier yeah it's like you're driving exactly the same way but it does make it 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 you know it helped him out so much that's right yeah. um, fun new drivers fun, it's fun. <laughs> that, that is fun <laughs> oh my god distance learning and new driving oh my god what a year for you sherry <laughs> in a pandemic <laughs> in a pandemic <laughs> Uh, life's rough. So then that uh, intersection project at McElroy, Maine is, is also new to the city. It's not new to the industry, but mm -hmm. um, it's a concrete overlay over asphalt. So we milled off five inches of asphalt and put, came back with concrete. 
And the advantage of that is in an intersection setting is that you have a lot of start and stop. And so there's a lot of rutting. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of shoved asphalt and it rides rough. When you're going across the other way, it rides rough. And, and so it's, it's difficult to get asphalt not to do that in those situations. So you come in. In those situations, we could have just done a mill and overlay. It would have been cheaper, but it wouldn't have lasted near as long. This will last 15-plus years before so, we so ever have to touch the, it. So it's got the nice. the concrete, and then there's the asphalt stays there, and then you put concrete over the asphalt? That's right. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, so it works so as a layered. base. So it's layered. Yeah. Yeah, it works as a base. You have to have a, uh, I can't remember exactly, mm-hmm. depending yeah. on your situation, but you've got to have a pretty good solid uh, layer of asphalt, mm-hmm. good asphalt underneath. Yeah. So, so it makes it... I guess kind of cushy. Well, it just gives it a strong base. Yeah. It really, you, it's it's very strong and it's it, it'll still yeah. hold the weight of the traffic. You know, uh-huh. you saw how we milled it, and then we had well, we didn't actually have traffic in this case. Sometimes we have traffic yeah. on the milled surface, but we didn't this time. But you can. Huh. And it'll still hold it through the construction. But, yeah, that's a great improvement. Yeah, it is. And it looks three times as large uh-huh. as it did before, <laughs> before the work was done. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's the white of the concrete. I don't know, but you're or right, what it, it does. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, because a lot of people are like, what are you guys doing over there? Why are you taking so long? Uh, but... But we moved water lines as well. That's right. Yes. And so there was, a, there was a lot of work going on. So what's the advantage of moving water lines? Why would we do that? Well, in this particular case, we didn't really move any. We just replaced them okay. so that we wouldn't do all this work on the surface that's going to last 15 years and then have to cut out a, kind of a water lake. for a water yeah. lake. Yeah. So we mainly, in this case, we did that. In other cases, you want to take that opportunity while you've got it all torn out, just like on 4th and Hester, we're getting ready to start that. We've moved them. You know, so it makes more sense that out, out from underneath the pavement, things like that. So even if in years to come, it does start causing a leak or something, you don't have to tear up the street to, to fix right, that it. that makes so, a lot of sense. Let's talk a little bit about where does this money come from? So the pavement... Because it takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of money. Uh, did I hear right that one lane miles, if you start from scratch... And you rebuild the whole thing, it's like a million dollars for one lane mile. So rebuilding roads is really expensive. Yes, it is. So where does the money come from and how much money are we spending on the roads? Well, we just approved the 2020 plan for the projects for that. I think they gave us $4.6 million for the whole. And where does that money come from, Paula? So we have general fund money. But we also have the sales tax, the street tax. So it's uh, a half cent. It's a half cent sales tax that is collected if you buy anything inside mm-hmm. the city limits of Stillwater. And that goes directly to the transportation fund for pavement management. And that's about $4.5 million a year that's dedicated just for the pavement management. But you said something about the general fund. So if, if we spend anything more than the $4.5 million, that comes out of the, the regular money that we have, the general There's, money. Right. We also have some capital projects that mm-hmm. are not funded by the half cent mm-hmm. street sales tax. Yeah. Um, so those capital transportation projects are going to come out of the general fund. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there is additional money needed mm-hmm. for the pavement management projects that do get approved through council. And like Greg said, we just took. Uh, the fiscal year 20 for all of those approvals um, and they they're approved in an open public meeting so that Mm -hmm. folks know what we're going to be doing and the type of pavement management Mm -hmm. we're going to be doing on uh, certain streets around Mm -hmm. town 
Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's those two pots of money, but the primary, of course, mm -hmm. is that half cent street tax. So whenever she says that, you know, we're going to evaluate the, the streets and spend the money, how do we know which streets to do what technique to? Well, that's a fine question. We, um, we hire a company every five years to come in and, and digitally assess our network, and they do it digitally or electronically with their mobile equipment, which is much more accurate than when I first started my career. We would go out with clipboards and, and estimate a, like poke a, a the road. patch <laughs> and, and how many cracks, and, and from that we'd have a formula and come up with a, a ranking, and then we'd rank all the streets. Well, they do, they do that all more automated now yeah, and okay. less uh, human. So they drive every road and they look at, at the condition of it. Yep. So then they rank the streets uh, according to a, a, a pavement condition index. They, they give every section of street a, a, an index from ranking from zero to 100. And then from that, we choose techniques like the middle and overlay would be in the 50 to 60 pavement condition range. And when it gets down to like 30 or 40, then we completely reconstruct it. Some of the 70s will do a, a slurry seal or a crack seal or something. So we use that assessment that this company does to help us determine which streets to do. That's awesome. It's very scientific and uh, it takes some guesswork out of it. It does, but you made a good point earlier, Sherry, when, um, or Greg did, one of y'all, when we were talking about the roads and why are you doing this to a seemingly good road 19th, when you have 19th really was an bad example. ones? Because we did have a lot of people ask, I think it was last year, the year before, we uh, mill and overlaid 19th, which is a fairly newly constructed road. It still looked great. And so people were asking why did that get more attention, but it was to extend the life of it. It is. Um, you kind of uh, relate it to if you exercise or you take vitamins for your health, that's a lot better than waiting until something catastrophic happens and then you've got yeah. to have a major surgery. Right. So you're, you're doing that surface or that preventative maintenance, um, and that way it can last longer while you're building up the funds to do the really bad roads. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I think a lot of people, I mean, the roads are things that people, they see, they feel, they uh, it, it's a big part of their lives. Yeah, quality so, of, quality yeah, of life issues. Absolutely. Really is. mm -hmm. um, and so whenever the roads are being uh, looked at, you're also looking at uh, is it the right number of lanes and stuff? Because we redid uh, Duck, Street. Duck Street. Right, from um, 12th to 6th. Yeah, so <laughs> it went from four lanes to, to three. three. with bike lanes. With bike mm -hmm. lanes. So there were some people kind of questioning why is that a good choice. What would you say to those people? Well, we, um, you know, we've had people that would like bike lanes everywhere. Yeah. And it just doesn't fit everywhere. Um, Sixth Street, it would, you, you just have too much traffic. You, you need all four lanes. But that section from on Duck from 6th to, uh, from 12th to 6th, was just one that, that we felt like the, the capacity was there to handle in one lane each direction, and the turn lane would help. And there was some connectivity off of 19, mm -hmm. well, 12. Yeah, because yeah, uh -huh. it comes right. up from 19th to Western to 12th mm -hmm. to Duck, so right. you could yes. get from the south uh, west side of town to campus. Right. Uh, so this actually improved their uh, their their experience. 
and you, you do. don't really notice that the lane is missing because the turn lanes actually are more safe. Yeah. They are, and it, we've had a lot of positive comments yeah. about it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big adjustment right, for that stretch of Duck Street, um, you know, especially coming off 6th and 212th because that is a highly traveled mm-hmm. section of road right. there. Uh, but we've had a lot of positive comments about it. And some of the other stuff that transportation looks at is is there a storm sewer in the area? Has there been street flooding? So when mm-hmm. they're redoing the street, or is this a drainage project that they yeah. need to start focusing on um, sidewalks, multimodal? There's a lot of analysis and evaluation that goes into each one of these projects that I don't think everybody fully recognizes right. um, how many things... And each project, it's not a, oh, we've got the money, now let's get a contractor tomorrow and let's go out and start working on it Monday. That's for sure. It's a multi-year project each and every one of them can end up being. So, obviously, we have a lot more to talk about. We didn't even get into your drainage work. So, (laughs) if uh, (laughs) you're like, oh, that's great. um, So, if we invite you back, can we talk drainage? Sure. And I'll pick the questions then. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Okay. Yeah, when Paula's here, it's all no rules. There's no rules. Okay, well, thank you so much for being our guest today and kind of getting us caught up on pavement management and what's going on this summer. Yeah, That was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for your work. You bet. So, Paula, let's head to the mailbox. Every week we get questions, and this week we got a question from Larry, and this is from Twitter. And so he asked about, he was wanting some of those free level two electric vehicle car chargers, and why can't we get some? We actually, surprise, surprise, have these EV charging stations in Stillwater. We've got uh, Strickland Park has a station. Boomer Lake has two stations. And there's also two stations at the public library. So they're downtown and they're midtown at Strickland Mm -hmm. Park. And then they're on the north side of town at Boomer Lake. So you just pull up charge your car and you go for a walk or enjoy downtown or whatever you, it is you need to do yes it's not going to be like filling up your tank of gas and you're done in a minute and 33 right. seconds it does take time to mm-hmm. charge your vehicle uh, at those stations but we actually have a video on mm-hmm. the city's website that you can go to and it demonstrates how you uh, find and charge your vehicle on these electric vehicle charging yeah, stations. Yeah, there's some good information on that. A lot of on, good information. And uh, we, we do ask that you shop local while your vehicle is you charging. Bet. Enjoy the park. Uh, go to the library. Check out a book. Yeah, and you know what? Right now, it's a little warm out there today, yeah. but this week has been very nice. So Especially for August. Go charge your vehicle, and the first week in September, when it rolls around next week, Yeah, take a stroll around downtown. You may come across something you didn't know we had. Absolutely. Awesome. So let's go to question number two. And I know this one's from Facebook. Why are the school zones being forced on us this week? Because public school is going to distance learning. Why do we need uh, the school lights? So we um, got word from the Stillwater Public Schools Assistant Superintendent, Dana Renner. And she says that even in times of distance learning, the public schools is running about 12 buses daily 
they run those for the special ed students across the district and they still have some extracurricular activities that they need to bus the mm. the students so back still, and forth. There's still so it's activity. still operating. Yeah. yeah, there's stuff going on at the schools. Yeah, it sure um, is. And and it's a good reminder for mm. everybody. This is school time. Yeah. So obey the school laws mm-hmm. uh, and be sure that when those buses are running. Uh, that you are aware and you are following the regulations that are in place for the safety of yourself and the school buses and the children. All right, Paula, that is good information. Thank you for being my co-host today. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. And it was good to hear what Greg had to say. I know. He's got so much uh, information. So Mm -hmm. we bring him back and he'll talk, he'll walk us through drainage because you're right. We had the floods last year. Yes. So a lot of new information there. Yes, there is. Thanks for listening to FYI Stillwater. If you like this episode, help us out and give us a like or share us with your friends. Stay tuned for our next podcast. If you have a question for City Hall, email news at stillwater.org. And in the next podcast, we'll answer a few of them. FYI Stillwater is available on our website at stillwater.org, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you enjoy your podcast.